What's shaking, Fire Nation? JLD here, and we are hanging out with September of 2016's income report, which is going to be a blast today. And as always, well, I shouldn't say always, because sometimes we uh, we bring a little different mix into the game, but we do have the tried and true Kate Erickson with us. We do have Mr. Josh Bowerly, the CPA on fire with us. And joining us, which she's doing every other month, is our legal team, David Lizerbram as well. So what's up, guys? How you doing today? What's up, Fire Nation? Hey, what's up, Fire Nation? Love it. So guys, we have a pretty cool income report coming your way. I'm going to give you the quick income at a glance. And then we're going to be getting into just what's been going on this month. We're going to be starting with our legal tip, moving into our CPA tip. And then we're going to be talking in depth about what Kate and I have been up to, all the awesomeness. We talk about Maine because that's where we spent most of September. We're going to talk about Agents of Change, which is a killer conference that was opening, keynoted by Chris Brogan. Uh, Kate Lynn rocked the stage, and then myself, I closed it down, so we had a great time at that conference. And then some other really cool things that happened this month, but real quick with the income at a glance, the gross income for September was $162,000. Our total expenses were a tad over fifty-eight dollars bringing our net profit for the month of September to $103,361. Now, as always, my friends, head over to eofire.com slash income. You can check out all of our income reports. This one specifically is slash income 37 because it's our 37th income report that we've done over the past coming up on, well, over the past four years now because we just celebrated a four-year anniversary. Okay, that's so, so crazy. 37 income. Like, we've done this 37 times. That's crazy. Insane. <laughs> Insane. And I just kind of brought that four-year anniversary. So I guess I'll throw that link out as, as well because Kate, you created a killer post on that, which is at eofire.com slash four years. That's the number four years. So go check that out as well. We have some cool stuff going on. But listen, we're gonna we're gonna crack right in. You know, we have a lot of teasers coming up your way. You don't want to miss any of these tips. And we're gonna start off with Mr. David Lizerbram. He has a killer legal tip for September. So David, say what's up and take it away. How's it going, everybody? Um, so, yeah, so this month's legal tip is sort of in the form of the story. So, uh, John, Kate, Josh, feel free to jump in and sure. and, uh, and and chime in on this one. Um, but it was just something that I was thinking about and I was you know talking with you guys about because lately I've been spending a lot of time working with a team of lawyers to assist a client who's a very successful doctor, investor, inventor, scientist, innovator. I mean, this guy's really got it going on. Um, We'll call him Dr. A, because obviously we have client confidentiality. Um, Dr. A has made a lot of investments over the years, real estate, LLCs, products, medical companies. I mean, he's making money. He's got a successful business and that money's got to go somewhere. Um, But he came to us because he needed that pile to kind of get organized. Um, This portfolio has, you know, grown in value and that's fantastic, but it's also grown in legal risk. Because without an organized structure, if there's a lawsuit related to one of these uh, investments, like let's say he owns a bunch of different condos. Let's say somebody was to get injured or there'd be a faulty electrical system or something in one of the condos and there was some kind of damage. Let's hope nobody gets hurt. So maybe it's just property damage. And then there's a lawsuit that flows from that. Well, that could go and affect all these other items, you know, his different investments and all the hard work that he's put into building up this incredible future for himself and his family, making sure that his kids have the best education, all the things that are important to him 
could be lost. And that is something that was keeping him up at night, despite all of his success. So we're working hard to organize this all into a structure, protect and insulate those investments. And once we're done, any legal issues that might unexpectedly arise would be contained rather than spreading like a virus and infecting the whole system. So that's a kind of a happy end of the story. But looking back on it, you know, if he'd had a strategy and good legal advice from day one, not only would have he, had, he have had legal protection for all that time, but it would have saved him, let's be honest, tens of thousands of dollars in legal mm. fees. That's not just Ouch. going to me. That's a whole team. But it's a lot of money to be spending, a lot of checks that he's writing right now to get this all organized. And at this, mo- at this point, it's money well spent. I mean, he has to do it, and it's going to give him protection. It's an investment. But I'm sure he'd wish it. I'm sure he wishes he had been on the right path from the start. And you know, thinking about this the in the mind of an entrepreneur, the reason he became successful was because when he started out, he was watching every penny, he was doing everything himself, he was learning and growing. That's the right thing to do at an early stage. But then there comes this transition when you have to move from doing it yourself to hiring the best people because time is money and you just don't have time to do everything. And I think that's an important lesson for any entrepreneur, whatever uh, stage you're at in your journey. You have to be able to recognize, okay, I've learned the basics. I've been really frugal. I've grown this business and been successful. Now I need to start building a team and taking advice as early as possible so that I'm not exposing myself and I'm not you know, spinning my wheels working on things that really somebody else needs to be focusing on. So that was kind of the topic that I wanted to discuss and bring up. Um, not really a, you know, a, a hardcore legal tip in the usual sense, like here's one thing you can do, but, but more of a mindset thing. And I know that's important to you guys and to Fire Nation. So uh, I hope that was interesting. And, and if you guys have questions or thoughts about it, fire away. Well, it was interesting. And it's so important because that's one thing that's when I was looking at my business, I was saying, how can I be, you know, not penny wise and pound foolish? Because so often we talk about bootstrapping and just doing what we have to do to extend that runway. And all these things are important, but it can't be at the expense of your future success, meaning there are just absolute intangibles that you have to make sure that you are checking that block off Fire Nation so that you are protecting yourself. You know, it's just like there's laws against having to about being able to drive without car insurance for very obvious reasons. And to be honest, there aren't, but there should be some laws about not having quote unquote business insurance or protecting yourself for future risk because that sinks more ships than is ever talked about. Because sadly, those are just silent sinkings that we just never hear about because, you know, everybody wants to hear about the gray stuff and the good and the Ubers and the Airbnbs. We don't want to, you know, definitely, we don't want to like immerse ourselves in all of those horror stories of people that just got destroyed because of this or that because they didn't take the steps necessary. So I don't know, David, like, what do you want to have as the final call to action to our listeners today just to make sure that they completely understand like what steps they can take and maybe that first step that can get them going down that right path? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I'm putting myself in the mind of, of your listeners of Fire Nation and I'm sure they're all really focused on their great businesses that they're starting or that they've been working so hard on and growing and having some success with. Um, but it's important, you know, you have to keep the long term in mind as well as, you know, what's the next month? What's the next project? What's the next product? And, you know, it's important to schedule into your 
calendar, which, you know, all of us have extremely full calendars, some time to really think these things through and to say, hey, is this the time for me to start bringing somebody in to consult with, whether it's, you know, an accountant like Josh, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's a, you know, insurance person, whatever it is um, that can start helping put that plan together thinking of the long term and making sure that all the stuff you're working so hard on is not just going to disappear if there's one little mistake. So David, if Fire Nation wants to learn more about what you have going on and the podcast, et cetera, what's the best CTA for them today? Yeah, I've got tons of other free legal tips for entrepreneurs on my blog and my podcast, which are both available at productsofthemind.net. So you can go right there and check it all out and you can get in touch with me there as well productsofthemind.net. Thank you, David. We'll be seeing you in two months. And uh, again, looking forward to uh, some more value bombs coming at Fire Nation from you. But now we're going to move on to our CPA on Fire's monthly tax tip. And that's Mr. Josh Bowerly. He is the CPA on Fire. You can find him at cpaonfire.com. So Josh, what is your September tax tip? Yeah, and, and first just to piggyback on what David said there and, and, and prove that you're practicing what you preach, we just hit, went through some pretty significant changes with the EO Fire legal and tax side of things, and you chose to spend, what, almost 10 times more than some of the lower cost options for your attorney to get set things in place. Exactly. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer when it comes to that stuff. That's not where you look for the cheap route you spend the money. So I just want to let people know you are practicing what you preach there. Thanks, bud. But for our income tip this month, we're actually going to revisit a topic that we talked about back in April. And I'm sure you remember discussing the sales tax issues with selling on a platform like Amazon. <laughs> and back in April, uh, we had decided, you know, Fire had made the decision that we were going to take the Freedom Journal off of Amazon's platform because of one big scary word called Nexus. And Nexus meant that anywhere you had a physical presence, you had to register, collect, and pay sales tax. And unfortunately, with the FBA platform Amazon offers, fulfilled by Amazon, they are going to store your inventory in 14 different states. You're going to have no control over where and when they're going to move to those 14 different states. And having that inventory in those 14 different states is going to create Nexus in every one of them, which means you're going to have to register and eventually collect and pay sales tax in potentially 14 states. And at the time, we were looking at it, and you, we came to the decision, look, it, at this point, it's not justifying the income we're receiving strictly off Amazon to spend the time and money to register in all these states, get it all set up, go through that headache. All right. But like any good business, you and EO Fire started reevaluating things. We looked at it and said, okay, we are losing a good chunk of revenue here. We could be getting more revenue for this Freedom Journal and future products by being on this Amazon platform. Let's look at what our options are here. And as we started to look closer, we found a few different options that could solve or minimize the problems with selling on a platform like Amazon. The first thing we found is that Amazon offers two options. There is a fulfilled by Amazon, which means Amazon handles all of your inventory and, and shipping for you. But there's also what they call FBM, which is fulfilled by merchant. And what that means is you control the inventory, you control where it's stored and where it's shipped from. And all Amazon does is list it on their website and sell it for you. Okay, so if you control where the inventory is stored, you control where you register and pay sales tax. So you could find a merchant that stores this inventory for you, manages your account, ships it all off for you, and they'll do it in one state, and then you only have to register in that state. Makes things much more simple for you, saves on cost, all of that good stuff. 
The one thing we do have to mention here is you lose the right to get Amazon Prime sales, right? Which I, I, I only buy on Amazon Prime, John. I'm sure you're a big fan of you Amazon know, even Prime. Even in Puerto Rico. <laughs> even in Puerto Rico, right? So you got to take that into consideration. Are you going to lose a significant amount of sales? But if you don't think that's a concern for you, this is a very, very good option and it can completely minimize what you have to do to comply with sales tax rules. The next thing we found out is if you do want to go the FBA route, there are tools and resources out there that can help this get set up. Okay, so unfortunately, you're going to eventually have to, to register in those 14 states, right? possibly 15, depending where you're located. But the one thing is it doesn't necessarily have to be all at once. Okay, you can look at it and say, okay, yeah, maybe I have to register in Montana, but I've had one sale there in the last year, so I'm not going to register there yet. You, you haven't met some kind of minimum threshold. Okay, so you need to look at your sales, see where they're at, and determine which ones you have significant liability in and start registering with those maybe one at a time. All right. The second thing is there's resources out there that can help you with this. All right, there, I haven't experienced any of them firsthand yet to give specific recommendations here, but do your research on this because we've found sites that say for $250 per state, they'll get you all set up. And let's, let's be honest, $250 per state at 14 states is still a, a nice chunk of change. But this is something you're going to be want, want to be done right. You're going to want professionals to do it. It goes back to what David talked about. You want to get it right the first time and not spend more money later. And if you can find someone that does all of this for $250 per state, it's, it's honestly a pretty good bargain. So I want people to know a few things here, closing thoughts on it. Number one, you always need to be reevaluating your reevaluating your options as a successful business. All right. Maybe Amazon didn't make sense for you at one time, but now it does. All right. So you constantly reevaluate that. And number two, there's always solutions when it makes sense, whether it's scary, whether it costs money, whether it's a headache, there is a solution out there. You need to do your research. And when you find something that you think might work, you just need to take action and go for it. So all this stuff is great fire nation. And to kind of give you a quick summation of what Josh just talked about, of what we went through is we put the Freedom Journal on FBA. Then all of a sudden we were just like, wow, we are in 14 states. We didn't know that was going to happen. Let's take it off and let's re-figure out exactly what we need and want to do instead of having to go through that process of registering in all 14 states. So we pulled things off the shelves for a minute to kind of think about it and to do some studying and some research, which Josh did. Then he found tools like TaxJar, and that was a huge help. So we said, okay, this actually is an opportunity now for us to move back on to FBA. But before we did that, in the interim, we did just do that FBM program fulfilled by Merchant, where um, my company that I use to distribute Shipwire, I have one in LA and one in Philadelphia. So I only had to register in two states while I was with FBM. And I was able to link that up to Amazon to still do sales through Amazon. But again, it wasn't with that prime option. It wasn't in that buyer's box option. It just wasn't super ideal, but it still could happen. But then we were realizing, wow, we're doing between eight to 10 and sometimes more thousand dollars per month on Amazon, we need to really start taking this seriously and focus on this because it's, you know, starting to come close to our Shopify sales, which are sometimes, you know, 18, 20, $25,000 a month. So we're like, this is a huge percentage. Let's figure this out. We, we use tools like TaxJar. We got back on FBA and now we're on there with over 165 five-star reviews for the Freedom Journal and rock and rolling with the buy box and with prime shipping, all really important things. So we're doing some really great things on Amazon now. 
and we're doing it the right way. So don't rush into things. Make sure you just consult professionals and go step by step. You know, use the tools that we're giving you in income reports like this and other areas. Talk to people like Josh, who knows and has been through this stuff and can help you out. And Josh, what is that final call to action that you really want to make sure the Fire Nation takes away from this? And then, of course, where they can find you. Yeah, so I want you to evaluate, then reevaluate, and then consult professionals because taxes aren't a one-time decision where you get something set up and stick with it forever. Things change, your business change. You need to constantly be reevaluating, be reevaluating what the best position is for you at that time. All right, brother, what's uh, our way to find you? Yeah, so head to our website, cpionfire.com. We do have that free resource for Fire Nation to help them choose their business entity, cpionfire.com slash Fire Nation. And they can always just email me directly, josh at cpionfire.com. Josh at cpionfire.com. Reach out to him directly, Fire Nation, with your questions. Josh, thank you, as always, brother. Looking forward to chatting with you next month. Have a good one. And now, Kate. And then there were two. It's down to me and you. And we're going to talk a little bit about what went down in September. I'm actually going to hand it over to you so you can talk about our month in Maine. But of course, if you want to add anything to what David and Josh said, feel free. Or otherwise, uh, let's just talk Maine. Yeah, for sure. So actually, David inspired me to for the lesson learned for this month. So I'm kind of going to be piggybacking on the story that he told at the beginning of this episode and the lesson learned. So I'll kind of leave that for there. And actually, like Josh kind of piggybacked off David a little bit. And so I'm also going to be kind of wrapping on what Josh said. So <laughs> let's dive into Maine and then my lesson learned for this uh, month. I was about to say for this year. Um, which is kind of crazy because it is almost the end of the year. I don't know how that happened. Um, but yeah, we spent an amazing month in Maine. You're actually still there today as we record this. You're coming to San Diego tomorrow? Yeah, I leave tomorrow. I'll be in San Diego late, late tomorrow night for about five days. And then I'm back in Puerto Rico for the year. Oh my goodness. So this is kind of like a sappy moment right now. But so I, John and I have been in Maine, uh, in Maine for pretty much the entire month of September together. But I came to San Diego the last week in September to spend time with my family. I'm going to be here for a month. And John comes to San Diego tomorrow. And me and my family are going to New Mexico to visit my aunt and my uncle. So we're literally crossing paths. John will be in San Diego while I'm in New Mexico. So we don't get to see each other for an entire month. We are ships passing in the night. So sad. <laughs> um, but luckily we have amazing things like Skype and FaceTime and cell phones. And so we've gotten to keep in touch and tell each other what's going on in the in our different worlds on the opposite sides of the U.S. Um, and absence makes the heart grow fonder, and uh, you'll be in Puerto Rico before we know it. <laughs> That's so true. Um, so our month in Maine, I feel like we got to do so many amazing things while we were there. I mean, we went down to Boston for a weekend, and we got to see. I got to see the house that you own in Boston for the first time. I'd never seen it before, so that was kind of yeah. cool. Um, we got to meet up with so many of your friends, which was awesome that we haven't seen in a long time and which I consider my friends now too. I feel like totally. I've hung out with them enough times that they're my friends as well. <laughs> um, your family, Casey, your niece, William, your nephew, your sister, Marcy, your brother-in-law, Justin. We got to do an amazing conference with our great friend, Rich Brooks, which we're going to be talking about two agents of change. But like when I was thinking about our month in Maine, I just couldn't help but 
reflect and realize like how lucky we are to be able to do things like this, to be able to just say like, let's go spend the month in Maine with your family. And I mean, we got to stay at your parents' house in the shack, which is kind of like a in-laws place. Like it's a, it's separate from the house, but it's like right there by the house. Um, we have a couple pictures on the post for uh, for today's income report that you can check out, but it's just an amazing place right on the lake. It allowed us to be able to spend a ton of time with your parents, which was great. We did so many amazing family dinners together. Your mom is the best cook ever. Um, we did some great barbecues and we got to do some morning coffees together. And also it kind of like, I mean, it reminds me of how lucky we are to be able to do something like that. We've built a business, we've built the type of freedom and we have the, you know, the system set up and the foundation set up to be able to do incredible things like this and spend time with family and go on trips. Um, but of course that doesn't mean that we're just like not working. Right. I mean, my rescue time, uh, you know, tracked me, um, you know, working a good amount of hours while we were there, but it got me thinking of like how tough it is to, to also do these kinds of things and keep up with your business. Cause you have to keep up with your business. It's funny. Like so many times, you know, your parents or, or even my parents, since I've been here, have like made the comment of, Oh my gosh, you work so much. And it's like, what would they think if they like actually saw us in Puerto Rico? They'd be like, you guys are crazy. Um, but I'm kind of curious, John, what would be like your number one tip for if you are taking a trip or traveling, like having that balance between like we were in Maine to spend time with your family and do trips and see friends and stuff. But of course, we still have to keep the business going. Like what would be your number one tip for that balance? Well, number one, what was a huge help for me was batching before the actual vacation started. So I just went and I did all the things that I could do while I was in Puerto Rico in the studio, like record all the EO Fire episodes, book all my long interview days, like do all the things that I could really set myself up. So I had a lot of freedom while I was on my vacation for the month of September and then into early and mid-October. And another thing that I think worked out really well that I've continued to do even after you've left here, Kate, is I'm really saying to to myself and to my family, I'm like, listen, I'm going to wake up, you know, I'm going to go for a killer run and then I'm going to sit down and I'm going to look to truncate my work day. Like usually when I sit down and it's 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. in Puerto Rico, I know that I'm going to be working in or around my computer on the business until five or six when we kind of break for dinner. And, you know, that's the end of the day as far as the work day goes. But here I'm like, wow, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I can do just in a truncated workday that sometimes can even match what I used to do in a full day in Puerto Rico. Because, you know, I might just be like, well, you know, I have until five, so I'm going to go down to the pool for and read for an hour and that would turn into two hours. But now I'm like, wow, I'm here, I'm home. I'm going to really just crush it from 8 a.m. to noon. And I just have those four hours that I know I'm going to work hard. And I'm going to let my family know, like, don't uh, disrupt me during this time. But then from noon on, we can have have fun. We can hang out. We can go do something. We can go grab some lunch. You know, we can plan, you know, a trip, go apple picking, like whatever it might be. But like that's from noon on. And that's been really helpful because let's, let's face it. Let's be honest. There can be a lot of wasted time in the mornings If you let it, you just kind of putter around. You do this, you do that before you know it. It's like nine, 10 o'clock. And you're like, wow, I didn't even know that happened. And you know, that's great about vacation. But when you're looking to do a workcation, which is what we were doing, because we were so long on this trip, that just crushing the morning, then having the afternoon to just do other things was so important. And 
oftentimes I would look at those four hours and say, wow, I really think that I got as much done during those four hours that I would have got done all day in Puerto Rico knowing that I had all day. So really focusing on that Parkinson's law, which tasks will expand to the time allotted. Just allot yourself a smaller period of time. Let other people know, hey, don't distract me because if you don't, I can get it done and then I can hang out and do other things. I mean, yesterday was a Monday. I went to the Freiburg Fair and I was able to do this and that. So it was cool that I, I had the flexibility to do all these things because I was focused during my focus period. So does that help, Kate? Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, you've said it a couple of times, uh, like, um, as a part of your amazing tip, but like, it's about setting those expectations. Like you need to let the people around you know what your schedule is. So, and, you know, ask them to respect that because, you know, it's tough. Like your parents don't see you a lot. Of course they want to spend time with you. And of course they want you to be doing everything that they're doing. Um, but like you said, John, if you can set those expectations and say, you know, I'm so excited to be here. I'm obviously here to be spending time with you guys. But just so you know, I'm going to be able to spend much more quality time with you if I could just have these three hours to knock this stuff out. It's going to make me feel better about where I'm at with work, which is going to allow me to free up more of my, you know, mind and emotional capacity to be like fully with you when we're together. And that's something that I've talked about a few times, I think, on previous income reports, certainly on Kate's take, too, is um, a struggle that I've had for a long time is like not giving 100 per or, you know, having trouble giving 100 percent to what I'm doing, like right in that moment. I've been working on that a lot and I feel like I've improved in that area a ton. But if you're not giving 100 percent to what you're doing right now, what's the point? You know, like if you're just only giving 50% to your work because you're 50% wishing that you were doing something with your family or vice versa, it's going to be a much lower quality of work, a much lower quality of time spent with other people than if you were to just give it that 100% be all in in that moment. And like you said, John, you can get so much more done and then you'll have more time to spend, you know, with the people that you love and do the things that you're in main to do. Absolutely. And I'll even pick on Kate for a second here, but just know, Fire Nation, that we are all guilty of this, myself included. But, you know, sometimes I'll give Kate a hard time because I'll walk into her office and what is she doing? She's sitting there, she's typing away, and then we'll we'll talk for a second and then ding, like her phone will ring and it'll be a nice little cute picture of Stella at the Science Museum. And, you know, Kate will think, wow, like, you know, I, I got to see that nice little picture of my niece and it's, you know, it's just a second that I looked at that picture and it wasn't distracting. It is Fire Nation. It throws you off of what you were doing. It's hard to get out of that zone. It's hard to get back in that zone. That little text can be the worst. So get rid of those notifications on your desktop when an email comes in. Get rid of your your phone. Just put it on airplane mode when you want to get work done. Like don't allow yourself to get distracted because it will crush you. And again, pointing back to myself now, like we've been doing a lot of work on the house. So like I felt like I've had to have my phone on, which I never used to do in San Diego because, you know, when people would come and arrive for appointments to do work on the house or in my uh, our Puerto Rican employee would have a question like they needed answering quickly. Like I felt like I had to answer that. And I was just like, this is so incredibly distracting. It's taking me so far off of my game. And I realized that because I went from never having that distraction to, to then going back to having it. But so many people never even went off of that distraction in the first place. So you don't even realize how big of a just 
bandwidth and focus suck that can be and it really stinks so that's just a huge takeaway that i've seen and i'm sure kate you've gotten a lot better at it than uh, when i used to give you a semi-jokingly hard time but uh, i'm sure you can vouch that 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 can be a pretty tough way to go about getting something really meaningful accomplished Fire Nation, you see what a hard time this guy gives me? (laughs) (laughs) No, you're so right. And it it really comes down to discipline. Like so much of this is disciplined. If you can just get yourself in that zone to where you have these schedules and you have these plans and you have this focus, like the productivity that comes from that. Do you like how I just tied in discipline, focus and productivity? Huge mastery. The the productivity that comes from that is just so massive. And it's a question that we get so, so often, John, is how do you guys get so much done? How have you built the business that you've built? How do you guys generate so much revenue? That's really what it comes down to. It's about discipline. And it's funny that you bring up the notifications because I want to use this to segue us into the Agents of Change Conference, which we attended while in Maine just a week and a half ago now, I guess. Um, During my presentation, so it was pretty cool because this is the first year that John and I have both spoke. John did a closing keynote. I did a breakout session. Um, And thanks to everyone who attended Agents of Change because I actually got to speak on the main stage even though I was a breakout session. And I got to be the live streaming breakout session. And this was voted by the people attending the conference. So huge shout out to you guys. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Um, But during my presentation, I was talking about creating systems to help grow your business. And somebody in the audience raised their hand. I love doing interactive presentations. Like I never say, don't ask me any questions. And John, you and I talked about this. You had some feedback (laughs) for me on this. But um, I love having people just ask questions when they have questions because it really helps me with the presentation flow, helps me know that people are engaged. So somebody raised their hand and they asked the question because I was talking about batching. And someone said, but what if... um, I get email notifications throughout the day. Um, What if I need to respond to emails like every couple of hours? You're saying I should batch it and only do it like maybe once in the morning and once in the evening, but I need to do it like throughout the day. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, you don't have to do anything if you don't want to like this is your business that you're calling the shots of course customer service and communication and engagement is super super important but the fact that you feel like you need to respond to emails every two hours you are setting the expectation from your clients and your customers and your prospects that that's what you will do so if you continue doing that you're the one that's setting up the fact that you think you have to do this, but you only think you have to do this because that's the way that you set it up. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense, Kate. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, that. but she was talking about notifications and I was like, first of all, I feel like you just need to turn off your notifications. Don't have like the little email thing. I was doing also a... Um, uh, like a zoom.us conversation with uh, somebody that we work with uh, on different projects having to do with Infusionsoft and the number of notifications that came like zooming in on his screen during our call I was just like how does this guy get any work done I've seen like 17 notifications in the past 10 minutes no wonder the distraction and the lack of focus that people have because we have 
all these dings constantly taking our subconsciously or consciously taking our focus away from what we're doing. Um, but anyways, John, that was my segue into Agents of Change. What did you think of Agents of Change? <laughs> This is a great conference. It was the fifth annual Agents of Change. It's so cool that we have Rich Brooks, who's able and willing to just put on an amazing conference in the great state of Maine and the amazing city of Portland, which really is just a cool, cool city. I mean, it's really turned into a foodie city. There's so much great food there. It's turned into just an amazing craft beer city, so much great craft beer. In fact, the day before, we got to hang out with the speakers like Amy Schmittauer, Sue B. Zimmerman, Vincenzo, and... You know, Vincenzo's kind of like Madonna. You don't even have to know his last name because it doesn't matter. I mean, he's Vincenzo. I mean, that's it. It's super unique. That's that's all you need to know. And it's so fun that we got to go and check out some different wineries and distilleries and, of course, craft breweries. And it's just a really cool city. And I just love having the, quote, unquote, excuse to come back to my home state where I grew up. And, you know, Maine is that small state. I mean, it's a million people, which I love because I come back and people are like, oh, John's back. And it's actually a, a little bit of a buzz in the state. And to kind of prove that fact, I ha- have now been on the local NBC station twice in the past month. They brought me into the actual NBC studio one time to do a segment on 207, which is the main area code. So that's why they named the show 207. And we got, uh, I got to join Chris Brogan, Rich Brooks, and we got to chat about Agents of Change, why people should attend, because it was a few weeks before the conference. And then I really, I, I guess, must have made some kind of good impression on the host, Rob Caldwell, because then he pulled me aside and said, John, can I come to you and actually interview you on a longer segment, just an individual segment on your business? And they did. Uh, he came down with a camera crew and did that a couple weeks later. And just last night, when you and I are recording this, Kate, on October 3rd, um, it aired on the local NBC station, and it was a seven-minute, just one-on-one interview with myself and Rob Caldwell in my parents' living room, which, you know, they watch 207, like, every night because it's a really cool show that's on at 7 p.m., and they were just like, I can't believe that Rob Caldwell is, like, interviewing you in our living room, like, right there. Like, there was a TV in front of us we were watching, and then to the right was the chairs that we sat in for the interview, and my parents were having this kind of weird moment, and it was really cool, and then, you know, my phone kept ringing, my parents' phone, and all of, like, her college uh, high school friends and my father's friends and law friends were just calling being like we saw john we saw john on 207 like like you know like they were trying to let, let us know that i was on like we didn't know so it was like we're like oh my god thank you for telling us we're so happy <laughs> we'll, we'll check we'll check it out right now <laughs> it was really cool and it was it was a fun experience but again you know i was in san diego for three years I was never asked to be on there, the NBC San Diego station or ABC or any of them. I mean, that's what's cool about coming from a small state that's family oriented. And, you know, again, I just really have had a lot of fun reconnecting with people. And that's to me what Agents of Change is. It's, it's a great conference put on by Rich Brooks, who owns a great digital marketing company right um, on Commercial Street in downtown Old Port, Portland, Maine, called Flight New Media. And this is the fifth year. I mean, Chris Brogan was the opening keynote on the first. He was also the opening keynote now on the fifth year anniversary. And it was so cool because I was at the first Agents of Change um, dressed in a suit as a commercial broker, as an attendee. And then I was closing keynote at the fifth five years later. So it was a kind of a really cool full circle experience. They really do a great job filling up this beautiful stadium at USM. It's called the Abrahamson Center. I think that's the name of it. And, but it's beautiful. We have pictures of it. Uh, eofire.com slash income37. It's really 
uh, great acoustics, great visuals, and that's why I was happy that Kate was voted to speak from the main stage to have that experience because it is a great main stage, and she rocked it, of course. And it's just a great conference. And again, you know, people like Amy Schmidt Tower coming from Ohio, Subi Zimmerman coming from Massachusetts, and Chris Brogan, who actually now lives in Mass, but he is a Mainer, so he has great ties as well. So it was really cool just to see the the quality of the speakers, the quality of the attendees. We have a full day experience that ends with a great night out at a local uh, main restaurant slash pub. And we just really get to know people and take pictures and have great conversations. And then, you know, of course, like any great conference ends is on a roof deck overlooking the city uh, singing Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker. I mean, can life get any better? (laughs) That's really awesome. And you know what I just thought of our story about. So when we were in Maine, we set aside a day where we just went to a cafe and kind of parked it in the old port. And we just let people know that we were going to be there, you know, I have a lot of friends still in the old port that I used to work with at the marketing and advertising agency. John, you, of course, have a ton of ties in Maine. So it was fun to just kind of like be there and have people kind of flow in. We had so many great conversations that day. But what I'm thinking of tied to AOC is um, a very amazing young woman who came to meet you who literally found out about you and what you were doing i think specifically the freedom journal on twitter right yeah i think it was twitter so crazy so she comes she drives from mass to come hang out at the cafe and meet John. We have this incredible conversation. We're like, you should definitely make this drive again and come to AOC, which she did. We got to hang out with her a ton. Now we're like great friends on Facebook. We've been emailing back and forth. She's doing incredible things in her business. So it just really goes to show that engagement, putting yourself out there, going to events, um, making the ask, like just being present and like her seeing that John was going to be in Maine and that he was going to be at a cafe and saying, I'm yes, I'm going to go to that cafe and meet him. Like you just never know who you're going to meet. You never know what opportunities are going to arise from, you know, taking that uncomfortable step of going to that meetup or going to that event. Just do it, take action and and see what happens because you never know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So shout out to Danielle Thompson for just making that drive, coming to see us. You know, again, she was one of like 15 people that rolled through that day. And it was just cool to see my old friends and people that were Fire Nation fans come on through and just talk to us. And, you know, I I know why you brought up Danielle, because she was a really specific, great example of somebody who came in was just like, I just wanted to meet you guys. You know, if you wouldn't mind, I have a couple quick questions because I'm struggling in my business, X, Y, and Z. And she asked us this question. We asked her a little bit more about herself. We got to know her personal story. Then we're like, why aren't you doing this? Like, why are you trying to force this and be like everybody else instead of doing this, which is that makes you so unique, such a inspiration and, you know, filling such a void that we believe is there. She's like, oh, my God, it never even crossed my mind because sometimes you know, you have that curse of knowledge. Sometimes you need that third, fourth, fifth person perspective. You know, people that don't even know you. Like, it was so helpful that we didn't know her prior because I'm sure a lot of her friends that she talked to that know her well, like, 
for the same reason she didn't think about it, didn't think of these reasons because they just associated that with Danielle for so many for, for so many reasons. And you know, we can't get into the into the in depth about what that was because that's a whole another topic, whole another podcast episode. But she's off to the races and has messaged us multiple times saying, "I can't believe the traction I've already got from taking that major shift that you guys planted in my mind." It's unbelievable. She's like, I, for the first time, truly feel like I'm on fire. So it was just cool for her. It was cool for us. And it's cool that, you know, we get to come up to Maine and just kind of throw something out there and, and meet a lot of great people that are impacted that if we didn't throw stuff out like, like that out there, we might not have even have known that we're impacting people in this way. But that's the amazing thing about podcasting, about just the virtual internet world that we live in. So Fire Nation, keep sharing your message, your mission with the world. If you know it's pure and meaningful, you're likely really touching people and impacting them in, in a very special way. And you might not even hear about it for a year, three years, five years down the road, but you'll hear about it. So wrapping it up, Agents of Change was great for all those reasons. Um, you know, a really cool local main business called Sea Bags. They actually take old sails from sailboats that would be thrown away and be like just more waste fill, like the last thing that we need. And they turn them into beautiful, beautiful, like, just gorgeous designs of bags with there's purses, there's little kits, there's all these different things that they do. We got to take a tour of her shop um, and then she gifted us two of these, which by the way, was a very generous gift because these things are both close to $200 in value each. And we have a great picture of that. And, you know, just so a great shout out to Seabags of Portland, Maine, just a great company doing some really cool things. And, you know, there she was investing in herself, even though she was a business owner of a successful company and she now is, you know, still going to conferences, learning and being generous and just being really cool about this stuff. So Fire Nation, we recently turned four, which is pretty crazy. September 22nd, 2016 was our four year anniversary. And again, we're not going to do it just as purposefully on this episode because this is our income report. But Kate does crush a post at eofire.com slash four years it's something you want to go read, check out. We might do a bonus episode um, in the next couple of weeks if we feel so inclined, but we really think you should check that post out at the very least because it's just been a great four years. So go check that out. And um, again, we get into some really great details and we might be doing a bonus episode on it. So stay tuned. Um, but let's kind of keep moving forward because you know we've been doing some really cool things in the month of September and moving into October here now that we want to just make sure that you're continued to be aware of. You know, I'm still creating amazing video tutorials. Um, if you're looking to become dangerous on social media, head over to skillsonfire.com and check out what I have going on there. We have great tutorials on Snapchat, Instagram, Instagram stories. I mean, these things that, you know, people just aren't taking advantage of. And you can be because it's really not that difficult if you just take a little bit of time to learn these great skills. And of course, we're so inspired with what Kate was mentioning earlier about productivity, discipline, and focus. You know, we're still gearing up for our big January launch of the Mastery Journal Master Productivity, Discipline, and Focus in 100 Days. It's going to be incredibly exciting. It's going to be another beautiful, hardcover, stunning journal, just like the Freedom Journal. So head over to themasteryjournal.com to check out what we have going on over there. Sign up for the updates. It's just going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Kate, anything to add on what I was just ranting about? No. I mean, I'm so excited about Skills on Fire, the Mastery Journal, uh, our four-year anniversary, like so many cool things going on right now. The ebb and flow of being an entrepreneur, running your own business, 
um, such exciting times right now. I mean, I feel like that we have really great momentum and I'm really excited to be sharing this stuff with Fire Nation. Well, on that note, let's talk about our income breakdown, which again, Fire Nation, if you want all the goods, eofire.com slash income 37. But for just product and service income for the month of September, we did $120,000. We did $14,000 via Shopify, $8,000 via Amazon for over $22,000 for the Freedom Journal. So that is still continuing to just rocket. So check it out at thefreedomjournal.com. Podcasters Paradise brought in $23,000 for the month of September. Uh, we had 44 new members that we welcomed. So we're really excited about that. Uh, we have podcast sponsorship, which is always great revenue for us, which is $66,000. And remember, Fire Nation, that's with me taking away the pre-rolls, which, by the way, I've gotten a lot of great feedback about it, but I would love your feedback, if you have any feedback on it, about how we removed the pre-rolls for Entrepreneur on Fire. So if you want to shoot me an email, john at eofire.com, and just let me know, like, what do you think? Do you like the new format with no pre-rolls? Because honestly... I'm taking a pretty big financial hit by not doing that, but I'm hoping that that really, really is improving the quality of the podcast and the show for you, the listener, which is my number one goal. So I'd love to get feedback from you about the new EO Fire format with no pre-rolls, only mid-rolls and post-rolls. Um, let's see here. We had a podcast websites, which is your all-in-one peace of mind, brought in $5,000 for us in the month of September, which is really cool. And that's a whole business where we're partnered with Mark Asquith. So the business itself is generating close to $20,000 a month, which is so cool. And it's just helping out a lot of podcasters with everything they need to create, grow, and monetize their podcast. Um, our affiliate revenue was $41,000. Um, a really big one was ClickFunnels. We did over $14,000 with ClickFunnels. And we had uh, some great joint ventures, one with Ryan Levesque's Ask course, which brought in $4,900. Davis Simon Garland's Create Awesome Online Courses brought in over 4000 And Lewis Howe's Legacy, close to 4000 Ramit Sethi, over 3000 So guys, this is the type of business that you can build when you grow an audience and then look to provide that audience with meaningful products, services, communities, you name it. And again, links to all of this stuff that we're talking about is over at eofire.com slash income 37. Our business expenses were over $55,000 and we break those down one by one for a total net profit of $103,000. So we just kept it over the $100,000 mark this year, this month, uh, which I'm really excited about because that's uh, always my kind of low goal there and I want to continue to build off of that. So think it was a great month, especially since we spent the vast majority, about 92% of it in Maine. And uh, Kate, what do you got for your, our biggest lesson learned? So like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to piggyback off David a little bit here, and I'm going to talk about doing it yourself versus hiring the right people. And I couldn't agree more with what David set up, the picture that he painted, the story that he shared. It's really about weighing the time that you're spending on certain tasks and projects and what your return on investment is, the investment being your time. So in the beginning, of course, we're probably not generating revenue. And if we are generating revenue is very little. So the things that we spend our time on, we want to make sure that the investment we're getting from the time that we're spending is bringing us closer to generating revenue. Of course, we're making, you know, 
big moves to make sure that the impact that we're creating, that the content we're providing, the value that we're giving our audience, these are all the foundation of what it is that we're creating is making that impact and creating valuable content and things that can help people. But of course, we all need to generate revenue in our business. Otherwise, it's not a business and it's not going to help us create the freedom that we're looking for in our life. I'm not saying that that freedom equals money, but in so many ways, generating revenue for your business is what will give you time freedom, what will give you freedom to travel, what will give you freedom to do whatever it is that you want to be doing in in your life and with your time. So all of that said, I thought it would just be helpful to kind of like maybe run through a little mini exercise that people could do if they're thinking, um, you know, you're, you're tuning in and you're like, okay, I get it. I need to do some things myself. There are probably other things that I should be hiring somebody who's an expert to help me with. And I did this earlier, um, actually last month. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to take inventory of all the tasks and projects that I'm working on myself. And I'm also going to take inventory of all the tasks and projects that I've delegated to other people. So you may be in a situation right now where you have not delegated anything and therefore you'll just be taking inventory of the tasks and projects that you work on yourself. But if you have delegated or hired out virtual team members or contractors who are helping you with certain aspects of your business, then I think it's really helpful to also take inventory of those things because what I found when I took inventory of all the tasks and projects I was working on and all the tasks and projects that I had delegated is there were some things in the column that I had delegated that I really should have been taking responsibility for. And there were also things in my column, the tasks and projects that I was working on, that I should not have been working on. So if you're wondering, like, how do I know what are the things that I should be doing myself and what are the things that I should be delegating? I think it could be really helpful for you to just take inventory of all the tasks and projects that you're working on and or that you've delegated, if that's applicable, to just really take a step back and look at the things that you're spending your time doing. Because again, I think this question of whether to do it yourself or whether to delegate it in a lot of ways comes down to the return on investment that you're getting from the time that you're putting into it. So like just a quick example, let's say, um, you know, John, we do a podcast masterclass every week, right? Where you put on this amazing one hour, totally free content packed, value packed presentation to help people learn how to create, grow, and monetize their podcast. That is something that John's very good at. He's honed this presentation over time. And when I say time, like three years, we've been doing this presentation now. Um, So, you know, every single week we take away lessons learned and I do the backend setup of all of that. So every time we have a webinar, I'm putting together the, the page and I'm putting together the campaign and I'm putting together the email opt in page so people can sign up for it. Like those are things in our business that the return on investment that we get from the time that we put into that is very well worth it is <laughs> very well worth it. So that's not something that we're ever going to delegate to somebody else because we have the systems in place. We have it set up. We know exactly what it takes to put this on and what we're going to get back from it. So that's not something that we are ever going to have somebody else do for us. So if you just look at the things that you're spending your time doing and then take a look at the measurement that you're using for the return on investment from that and really start to see what are the things that I should be 
focusing on that that I'm best at that can help me grow my business? And what are some of the things that I'm struggling with that really deserve an expert, that really deserve somebody else that is good in the areas that I'm not to take this on for me so that I could free up my time to do other things? All of the above, Kate. You rocked it, as always. And we're just going to finish strong because that's what we do. I mean, Fire Nation, we've been telling you a lot about a lot of things today. I mean, we brought a lawyer on. We brought a CPA on. We had Kate go on a couple rants. We had myself go on a couple rants. That's what these income reports are about, to just kind of allow us to share our month of wins, of losses, just kind of just give you know, a full rundown of what we have going on in our minds, the good, the bad, the ugly. And so hopefully you guys got a lot of value from today's episode. And Kate, why don't you just kind of take it home? Fire Nation, as always, thank you so much for tuning in, for hanging out with us. We know how, speaking of time and ROI, we know how valuable your time is. So hopefully you had at least one takeaway from today's income report. And we will look forward to catching you next month.